Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us on the Storm Collegian Spotlight podcast is Andy Dirks. Andy is the head coach at Mount Mercy University. He's also an assistant coach with Team USA. Coach Dirks, it's Tim Berg and Steve Klemkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Well, Coach Andy Dirks, I want to thank you for being here today on the Storm Collegian Spotlight podcast. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, Coach. Well, let's uh, let's take a look at the first half of your season here as you guys don't have competition for for about 10 days yet before you get things rolling again in um, in Addison, Illinois. But when you look back at, at your, first, your tournaments through the first half of the year, obviously things are going right. You guys are still at, at rank number one in the coaches' poll here. So what obviously a lot has gone right but was this something you saw going in and, and how do you keep the keep the teams you know motivated moving forward to uh, to finish this year out to uh to you know to get where you guys really want to get to well i think it's somewhat easy to keep them motivated because i've just been blessed with really motivated self-motivated athletes um in general so um i guess you know, you, you can never really predict how a season's going to go, but we didn't really we, – we lost one senior last year that was on our varsity squad, so I knew we were still going to have a really strong uh, varsity – you know, a strong front coming in. Uh, we picked up J.L. Heyman, who won junior gold last summer, um, to come into the squad, so obviously we replaced Cassidy with a really strong player. So I, I was, you know, hopeful that the year was going to go well again this year. Um, but obviously, it really doesn't matter until you get there in March and April and and how to finish that out. So we're going to shore some things up on match play side. We've actually had some discussions even in this little break already with the, the ladies about what kinds of things we can bring into practice to try to build up some pressure situations to try to simulate some things um, so that we're ready when we get down the stretch. Is that anything you can reveal in terms of, you know, maybe some, some strategies or, or ways to deal with that? And the only reason I ask is I know, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what, you know, I'm going back a few years here, but I, I mean, I really remember there being, there was a lot of pressure on some of these match game tournaments, whether it was the high roller, the mini eliminator, where it comes down, it's kind of like the, you, you win or go home kind of a thing. And uh, there's certain players that were better in really long stretch formats and certain ones that were more of a, you know, a sprinter versus a marathon or kind of a mindset. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think uh, our team is definitely a marathon team. We always seem to figure out a way, even if we start a little bit down, that if you give us enough games, we're going to figure it out and claw, claw our way back to the top. Um, and we've proven that many times. Um, So I think when you get to, you know, a lot of the tournaments now are best of three match plays. And some of those just feel like such a coin flip or, you know, so fast Mm -hmm. where I feel like you get a seven-game match, it it certainly feels more like a marathon, although you still have to show up when you get there. So some of the things that that we'll try to introduce into practice is um, to just try to bring some pressure into this shot is I'll set up where, say, they have – 
500 reps of something to do of different types of exercises to do, but making one shot will reduce X amount of reps. And then I'll say, who wants the shot? And then mm. it really it makes them kind of call up. Yes, I got this. I'm lined up. I have a line. And then nobody else is doing anything except that person throwing the shot. If they make the shot, they reduce 50 reps or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's some pressure there. Uh, plus, everybody stopped and watching them make that shot, just like it feels in a match play situation at ITCs. So um, it's really hard to duplicate the feeling when you know you have other great teams around you trying to do the same thing and the, the crowd's electric and, you know, it's hard to produce a lot of those things, those same feelings. But anything we can do to try to simulate pressure um, as best we can is what we try to do. Hey, Coach, I want to go back to a Facebook post that you guys did right before Christmas. Seems like forever ago now, but you you had talked about your guys' grades, how the grades came out, and your your men's GPA was uh, cumulative was 3.58, your women's 3.53. And um, that's uh, something you guys seem to take take pride in there at uh, Mount Mercy University, that you guys are your athletes and students, your student athletes first, and it's in, uh, in that order. Uh, it is something we take immense pride in. It's something I've tried to cultivate since I took over the program is to make a, a high, highly competitive team, but a very student-centric team and education first. I want them to be able to leave and, and feel confident in whatever their skill sets are um, from an education standpoint. The reality is bowling's a difficult sport to make a, a strong living in. So if you get a great job when you graduate – and then you can afford to bowl whatever you want. So <laughs> that's kind of the way I look at it. But but we take a huge amount of pride. Our scholarship structure is actually built to encourage that too. Um, that we pay a, a huge amount of money comes out of our academic scholarships um, and a little bit less on the athletic side. It still ends up balancing out to very similar to a lot of other programs that might have more athletic money and less academic money. But that incur- I know that if I recruit great students, they're going to get a really great um, scholarship and be able to leave college a little bit more affordably as well. Um, so we recruit that way, and then we really push it. We talk about it constantly throughout every week of student first. When we see any red flags pop up about somebody struggling, or even if they're not struggling, even if it's different than their normal, because normal for us is 3.5 and above, So if somebody has historically been that way and we see a grade that's a little bit lower, we're going to have a meeting with them just to check in. Are you okay? Just making sure nothing else is going on or if there's any way we can support that. Um, And, you know, sometimes they have something else going on outside that we don't know about until that happens. And then we try to find them support to, to make sure they get through it and get the grades back on track. Well, I think that's, that's a tremendous, you know, philosophy or strategy. And it's one of the things I think, and I'm sure you bring this up when you do recruiting. I mean, when you go to your program and you look at the number of coaches and the support that you have from, you know, assistant coaches and I mean, there's a lot of, lot of programs out there that, that maybe have one or two people to be involved and kind of help the team. And you've got six. Yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of help. And, and the, the beauty of that is that several of those are essentially volunteer. They're paid. They might as well be volunteer. The amount that we can give them is certainly not commensurate to what they do for us, um, but they're passionate about our program. 
um, and what they help provide. Um, and, and that, but they're a great support system for athletes as well. If, if work, if I'm tied up drilling bowling balls, I know that I have somebody else, somebody can, can go to right away and, and help take care of a situation. And I got to mention real quick too, I, I did notice you haven't been able to sneak in a good Wichita state shocker there on that <laughs> assistant coach side. Right. So I got to thank have, you for that. Yeah, I, we <laughs> kind of have a, a pathway. So we had Tanya here from Wichita as well. Um, prior to Tanya being here, we had uh, Melissa Sobolik, who's now yes. Melissa Healy. She married one of the uh, one of our former players here, and um, they just had a baby, by the way. Congratulations! Um, she but, was a, a Coach K uh, scholarship winner, actually. She yeah, was, she was yeah. one of the years. She was, yeah, a good student. Yeah, she was great student, great great person. So then we had Tanya, and now we have Sydney Brummett, uh, who is a, of course a college player of the year and an ISC champion and a wonderful player um, at Wichita. Mm. So, yeah, we kind of have a, a Wichita link here at Mount Mercy. Hey, Coach, can you talk about your involvement with Team USA there? And, and you're, you know, you're an assistant coach and everything, but talk about how that can elevate things and how you're able to even learn from the other coaches there and the other players that you see and work with on, on the team USA side of things. I think that's exactly how it elevates things in a program is the learning aspect. Um, I really believe in having a growth mindset is what will separate anybody who's successful from those who aren't. It's just the, the desire, the strong desire to always learn and improve. And that's what I get, um, I hope that I provide that same avenue for people involved in the U.S. the Team USA program, but to be able to work directly with and and now um, with Kelly Kulik at the helm, following Brian O'Keefe, and he and I still stay in touch all the time. And Mike Shady and I are very close friends and still bounce things off of each other with students that we're working with and things like that. So I I think the the biggest thing that I gain that elevates the program is is just people that share in that growth mindset and all of us always trying to become better coaches and doing so together with the right mindset. So. And one of the things we saw, I mean, when we watched the last world championships, they had really interesting coverage. I thought uh, of team USA. And and when we saw those, uh, uh, the different, basically the the different roll offs they had from the middle of the night, they're bowling out there, you know, one o'clock in the morning in Dubai, and uh, it was kind of cool to see all the different uh, different matches and different players. But we saw a lot of the players, and I'm looking at just a quick, for you know, example, Chris Prather and AJ Johnson, some collegiate bowling uh, players. That it seems like they make a nice transition onto Team USA. Maybe being able to you know understand what it's like to be a good teammate and just you know be a part of a program rather than just being you know competing only as an individual or kind of singles player. Yeah, I think that's actually a huge help. Um, the, the, those that kind of went through just the singles rank, it's not that they can't grasp or don't end up grasping the concept of being part of the team or part of something bigger, but those that have bowled, especially at a high level in collegiate bowling, definitely understand the we before the me. Um, and I think it's, it really helps. Um, I think it's also inspirational to watch those people have success on the adult junior team it's inspirational for those kids on junior team usa that are going to follow a similar path hopefully and obviously we're trying to develop the future of team usa 
through the Junior Team USA program. So there's a lot of benefit to see those junior team players that are become collegiate players and have success there and, and then move on to the adult team. Um, it's really cool to see the transition. And I think Sydney, she just, I mean, she had bowled recently, didn't she, in the, the Pan Am tournament? Down she there did, yeah. She bowled in Columbia. Team USA in Columbia. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, yeah, I mean, those did. are some fantastic, fantastic moments. What was, not to speak for her, but what was, uh, I mean, as far as experience like for that, I mean, that that had to have been just a. Uh, yeah, well, she's, from, she's I mean, got the, kind of a, she has a lot of Team USA experience. In fact, that's how we met the first time. I worked with Sydney directly was my first year coaching junior team USA. And we were at the, the PABCON championships in Monterey, Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously at camp that summer as well, we worked together. So that's where our connection came from was the junior team USA program. But I mean, obviously it's still a different world. She's, she's bowling with the big girls and they took home the gold again. And um, it was, yes, yeah, super, super incredible experience when she, when she was on the junior team, we had a really stacked team that year with a lot of experience, especially on the, the women's side. Um, so it was her and Stephanie Schwartz and Brianna Clemmer. And I mean, they were, and they just almost, almost swept the medals at Pabcon. So, mm. <laughs> so she's had some wonderful experiences there. Well, I know one of those things, I mean, cause I've, I've, I actually was fortunate enough myself to bowl the Pan Am games um, way back in the day. Now it's been a long, long time ago. Uh, but just on the coaching side, at some of these bowling tournaments where there's all different kinds of sports represented, and bowling is just happens to be one of the disciplines, there's there's something extra special to that compared to just where bowling is the only thing going on for that particular tournament. Yeah, I would love to be involved in in something like that. Hopefully, one day we'll get into the Olympics, and then we'll all be able to experience that. Mm. That would be incredible. I haven't been at a Pan Am Games where there was multiple sports yet. The so the they've changed the name of PabCon Championships to Pan American Bowling Federation. So it gets confusing because that's a different PabCon. Just became Pan American Bowling, um, mm. and it's not quite the same as what you're thinking of as Pan Am games, which that, that, that oh, gets okay. confusing. Mm. Hey coach, my final question as, um, as we begin 2022, I, we want to try to work in something for the parents who listen to this podcast. So whether that's a player, we're asking them a, a perspective from them for a parent, but let, we want to ask you as a coach, your perspective, what should or, or what are some tips for parents, maybe for two of them, that they should be thinking about if their child is looking to bowl in college? And let's say this is uh, someone who's maybe a sophomore or a junior in high school. What should they be, what's roughly in that age range and grade range, what should they be looking into and, and how should they be preparing? Well, I think first and foremost, um, they need to not be afraid to put themselves out there. If they've researched some institutions that they might be interested in and making sure that they're being proactive in reaching out to the coaching staff. We don't have full-time recruiting staffs that can scout everywhere in the country like some of these football programs and things like that. So um, it's very helpful if, if the players are proactive in seeking out. But, but also making sure that they're, you know, go to um, – bowl.com forward slash uh, collegiate bowling or collegiate, I think, and you can go by state. All of the 
states and the universities that host bowling teams. So you can start there, and then obviously you want to research to make sure they have the areas of study that you're interested in, um, and then then be proactive. And then I would say junior year is a good idea to start scheduling some visits um, to campuses, maybe narrow down to five or so schools that you might want to visit um, and start scheduling those visits early enough so that um, you ha- you can narrow down your choices a little early. That would be the best advice I would give. Mm. Well, that's definitely some great advice. And, you know, looking at uh, the way that you run your run your program there, I mean, you're looking at your, your ladies are the number one ranked team in the nation, and it's not just the ladies. I mean, we've got on the men's team, they're ranked number seven right now. So congratulations on uh, a job well done. I know it's still an ongoing job. There's still a lot more work to be done, and you'll be heading uh, back out to Addison here in about a week and a half to compete. So we want to wish you the best of luck out there, and we will look forward to catching up with you down the road. Thank you very much. Uh, obviously, it's it's great to have all the support. Um, part of the reason that we've had success is support from other people. Um, faculty, staff, administration really celebrates our sport, which is one of my favorite things of being about Mercy. But also, we have the great support of Storm Bowling products, and uh, we throw the best things in bowling, so that helps a lot as well. Wow, thanks. That was that was definitely appreciated and unsolicited, Coach. I will say that too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank it you, thank you for that. I appreciate everything I, uh, that we have with Storm. Great relationships with everybody in your technical department as well. 